Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 281 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Thursday, October 18, 2012. On today's show, social media hit the big time this week at the American Academy of Family Physicians annual meeting. During this show, I will share sound clips right from the mouths of family medicine leaders making direct references to social media and its importance for advocacy. Also, I'll share my own thoughts and commentary on where we have been and where we are going with social media in the family medicine revolution. All that coming up and a lot more on episode 281 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, now (laughs) the chairman of the board of the American Academy of Family Physicians. That's right. I'm going to be writing out this clip for the next year. (laughs) This is my good friend, Dr. Glenn Stream. Um, This year, one of my commitments and and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and and our frontline membership. Uh, On on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold, uh, at AFPPrez, P-R-E-Z. I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000. Um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine, social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has uh, nearly 7,000 uh, members. about medicine and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. I am your host. My name is Mike Sevilla, <clears throat> Family Medicine's talk show host, or Family Medicine's bad boy, or whatever you want to call me. Hey, uh, what is this show about? This show is by a family physician for the growing family medicine community, of which you are now a part of. Welcome. Because you're just listening to this show. Thank you so much. I invite you to check out my digital library of stuff at FamilyMedicineRocks.com. And a shout-out to everybody following me on Twitter, all 10,312 people following me on Twitter. Thank you so much for that. And also, shout-out to all 576 people who like the Facebook page for this show. Thank you so much for that. Today is Thursday, October 17, I'm sorry, October 18, Thursday, October 18, 2012. It is 9.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 
And here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, it is 57 degrees Fahrenheit, and uh, fall is in full swing around here, uh, kids. And uh, Saturday is Sweetest Day, the Fall Valentine's Day, and that's a whole other commentary for another show. <laughs> but don't forget about that, kids. Hey, how's your week going? Uh, it's been uh, a great week here in uh, northeastern uh, Ohio. Uh, the fall in the air and the leaves turning. And uh, this meeting I'm going to be talking about here in a few minutes, uh, I'm going to have my own little take um, on it. Uh, social media has uh, uh, come of age. <laughs> uh, it uh, came out a little bit uh, last uh, year, but uh, uh, this year really is uh, all over the place. And uh, I will be playing some um, uh, audio clips uh, from uh, this past uh, meeting, and you're going to be amazed. I'm going to prove to you uh, out there, you doubters, that uh, social media is in the forefront of communication for the American Academy of Family Physicians and for the family medicine revolution. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host on this network. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005, and if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I'm in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients five days a week in the hospital and in my office, and some weekends as well, here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. So uh, I will take my break, and I will begin my commentary um, on uh, this past uh, meeting um, in Philadelphia here, of which I was not at, but I'll get into that. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. What is that all about? Just Google FM Revolution for more details. Also a proud member of the ProMed Network of podcasts. You can get there by going to ProMedNetwork.com, and we'll be right back. For the show that is the unstoppable force of family medicine. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on a Thursday morning here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And uh, so this week in the great city of Philadelphia was the annual meeting, actually it's still going on, of the American Academy of Family Physicians, my professional organization, the organization which has taught me a lot about leadership and about advocacy and how to be advocates for our patients. And uh, just some general reflections, you know, before I specifically get into this year's meeting. Um, my first meeting was about 10 years ago when uh, I was a resident delegate, a resident alternate delegate, and it was in the great city of Dallas, Texas, 
was my first uh, Congress of Delegates uh, meeting, and uh, I remember seeing uh, Dr. Rich Roberts um, at the podium there, and uh, um, and I forgot what he was, if he was speaker or president at the time, and uh, just this year, in uh, 2012, was awarded uh, what I believe was the Lifetime Achievement Award in Family Medicine for all of his all of his work, and I remember seeing him on the on the stage there, and uh, just uh, remember just being drawn into the whole thing. As far as you know, this is how we can have a voice for our patients, how to speak out for them, how to speak out for our specialty um, in a formal fashion, and in an environment where there are other people as passionate about family medicine, as passionate about patients and what our patients need. Uh, and uh, I felt very at home there, and um, um, I try to go back as many years as I can, uh, uh, trying to balance out my uh, work schedule and other uh, responsibilities, but I was not able to attend uh, this year, and um, and something that's been really cool um, over the past uh, 10 years is uh, kind of seeing my peer group, uh, the people around me, um, go from students and residents and new physicians to now you know, rising in the ranks um, of power, rising in the ranks of uh, uh, being state and chapter delegates themselves and chair people of national committees and even being on uh, billboards down at the uh, national meeting uh, talking about uh, why they love family medicine, why they love taking care of patients. And uh, uh, it, it's been a, an interesting ride that, uh, you know, that, that uh, I'm not done with yet, but uh, – um, I'm very happy for my uh, friends and colleagues um, who have, uh, you know, really um, expanded their voice and and really um, uh, uh, perfected their uh, advocacy um, skills uh, through the years. And and uh, I am honored to uh, uh, to call them my friends and colleagues. Uh, and it's been great. Um, you know, just this past ten years, just being introduced to. Uh, uh, formally introduced to advocacy medicine, and uh, um, but I hope to uh, make it to uh, uh, San Diego next year for 2013 for the annual meeting uh, there. So that's uh, that's going to be uh, very exciting. Hope I can, I'll be able to attend. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a little bit of cough here uh, this morning. My allergies. Um, so this next uh, small segment uh, um, of my commentary is just going to go over. It's going to set the stage here. Uh, for some of the audio clips I'm going to be playing. Uh, it is a little bit of a history of uh, social media and the American Academy of uh, Family Physicians. Um, and as I've talked about on this show in the past, you know, it uh, um, started using, you know, the, the, the tools out there, especially Twitter, um, at the, the 2010 um, advocacy meeting uh, called the uh, Annual Leadership uh, Forum or the National Conference of Special Constituencies. Uh, this one, a few of us were just using Twitter, uh, maybe about, about five of us, um, but it was fun to uh, uh, network with them and to explore this this a very exciting uh, world of digital communication and advocacy. Uh, but when, when, when historians look back um, at social media, uh, in uh, uh, the American Academy of Family Physicians, a lot of people are going to look towards the 2011 Annual Leadership Forum meeting, uh, where um, all of the AEFP board members, whether they liked it or not, um, 
signed up for Twitter, and that was probably the first time ever that all of the members of the uh, board of directors uh, were uh, signed up for Twitter. And uh, a lot of this uh, credit, and I'm going to give a lot of this credit to to my good friend and colleague, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, who was on the board um, at the time, and uh, he really helped push this from the inside. Uh, there were a lot of this on the outside, outside the board, outside of AFP uh, leadership, outside of the boardroom trying to push the board to do this. And, and uh, my good friend, uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, uh, uh, really, uh, I don't know what he did, <laughs> but he was able to get everybody uh, signed up uh, for Twitter, and uh, that is uh, uh, a lot of credit goes to you, sir. Thank you so much for, for the work that you've done for social media, digital communication, and uh, family medicine. Uh, now, moving towards to this year, you know, at, at this year's annual leadership forum and national conference, uh, special constituencies, I gave a talk there, and uh, social media was used a lot there uh, by the board and by the uh, participants there. Uh, just uh, following that, uh, in the next uh, few months, uh, I was able to uh, uh, interview uh, uh, board members um, on this very podcast, uh, including the uh, AFP president uh, himself um, and also the uh, members of the board who uh, were running for um, the AFP president-elect uh, position. And uh, I was very proud of that. I was very proud of, of that moment uh, for this show and for the Family Medicine Revolution that they chose to use this um, uh, platform to uh, talk about uh, and to be advocates for uh, family medicine. Um, just a few months ago, um, I gave a, a presentation with my good friend uh, Jay Lee from California um, at the student or resident uh, meeting. And uh, just this past week, just this past week in Philadelphia, there was a uh, resolution that was passed by the Congress of Delegates uh, to look into um, social media guidelines um, for the AAFP membership. And I think that is a huge step. Um, and, hey, if the Academy uh, needs any assistance with that, please let me know. But <clears throat> as you have seen this week, there are a lot of advocates for social media um, out there, so I know they will they will choose uh, their consultants uh, very wisely because there are a lot of people who are very passionate about social media and uh, family medicine. And as you'll hear in one of these future clips, um, these audio clips is that um, in December, at the end of this year, uh, there's going to be a board of directors orientation, um, and there's going to be a formal orientation to social media um, in their board orientation. So I think there's a huge, a huge step for uh, social media and uh, family medicine. Uh, when, it comes, <clears throat> when it comes to traditional media and uh, family medicine, I mean, I'm going to play a couple of clips here, which people may or may not have uh, seen or heard before. Uh, one of these uh, clips um, is from uh, CBS News, and uh, they talk about a grant, I believe, to uh, medical students um, talking about um, uh, family medicine and uh, primary care. And if I can find this clip, I'm trying to find this clip. Oh, here it is. And this is about two minutes. So this was, I think this uh, report was out uh, maybe a couple months ago. The federal government this week awarded $9.1 million to medical students in 30 states and the District of Columbia. The recipients will serve as primary care doctors. As Whit Johnson reports, fewer and fewer medical students can afford to become family doctors at a time of growing need. 
So I really recommend any With a looming shortage of family doctors, medical students like Sade Aluadeidi are in high demand. It's very gratifying, I have to say. In her fourth year at Howard University's medical school, Aluadeidi says she's committed to becoming a primary care physician. I really love the fact that with primary care, your focus is on the whole patient. But she's among only one in five medical students opting for primary over specialty care. Students critical for the success of President Obama's Affordable Care Act. Under the law, 32 million people without insurance are supposed to be covered by 2014. Combine that with 78 million aging baby boomers, and there just won't be enough doctors to go around. Dr. Matthew Mintz of George Washington University School of Medicine. The details about how we're going to provide care for those individuals, as well as improve the care of everybody else, is not really explicitly spelled out in the Affordable Care Act. Projections show the supply for physicians will fall short by 91,000 in just eight years. That's because, says Dr. Mintz, it all comes down to pay. When you're coming out with $160,000 to $200,000 in debt, you know, how much you're going to make as a doctor is really important. Students in family medicine can expect to earn, on average, less than $210,000 per year, half of what a specialist would make in a more lucrative field. And that carries a stigma for those considering primary care, says medical student Seth Rosenblatt. A lot of students don't see them as kind of the most respected doctors just because they are not as well paid. Um, so a lot of people are hesitant to go into the field because of that stereotype. My hope is just to be the very best primary care physician that I can be and see where that takes me. And through incentives and scholarships, some announced just this week, the White House is hoping others will choose the same path. Whit Johnson, CBS News, Washington. And uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to the show uh, last week. Um, it was the end of the show um, where we had uh, primary care progress um, on and uh, Dr. Andrew was on uh, talking about uh, primary care progress and primary care, national primary care week. So thank you so much for, for listening because I know I can see the downloads and the listens and things. So thank you so much for that. Um, now, uh, getting back to you know, traditional media, I'm going to play this other clip here, which, which uh, has been heard a lot in family medicine circles. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people talk about Andy Rooney and his commentary on 60 Minutes. But uh, this, was, this was a commentary, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago, when he talked about family doctors and their importance. There's a lot in the newspapers these days about health care reform. But I think they ought to be more specific and talk about something we all need, one all-purpose doctor. There's just no doubt we have an acute shortage of what we used to call family physicians. We need more medical schools that graduate doctors who specialize in everything and nothing, the whole body, not just one part of it. The practice of medicine has become too specialized, I think. Several years ago, I had surgery on my right wrist. The doctor was very good. Two years later, my left hand started to hurt, so I went back to the doctor but I found out he only worked on right wrists. I mean, you talk about specializing. We all need a doctor who'd give us a complete physical checkup for everything. Kidney stones, cancer, lung problems, eyesight, even our hearing. They're all part of our one body. A good friend of mine whose wife had a hip replacement was having trouble with a knee he hurt years ago, and he decided he might need a knee replacement. I asked if he was going to his wife's orthopedic surgeon. 
No, my friend said, in a way that suggested I was dumb for asking. He doesn't do knees. Well, pardon me. <clears throat> well, that, that clip uh, ended sooner than I thought. <laughs> um, so well, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a break here. Um, and uh, right after the break, um, yes, I'm, I'm going to be finally playing clips from this uh, year's this week's uh, AFP Congress of Delegates meeting. The first clip is going to be from our newly elected uh, president-elect, Dr. Reed Blackwell, but it will be right after this on the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on the Block Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast here on the Blog Talk Radio Network on a Thursday morning. So I'm going to play some uh, – uh, I worked really hard last night in, in getting these audio clips already here, and uh, um, I'm very excited about presenting these to you uh, to show you to show you how far uh, social media has come um, when it comes to the American Academy of Family Physicians and also the Family Medicine Revolution. The uh, first clip here uh, I'm going to have is the uh, nomination speech of Dr. Reed Blackwelder, um, who was just elected yesterday to be the AAFP president-elect. He, of course, uh, was on this show a few months ago, uh, and uh, I've known uh, Dr. Blackwelder for a long time, and uh, he's been a long-time mentor of mine, uh, all the way going back to uh, my uh, medical student and uh, resident uh, days. And uh, you'll hear at the beginning of this clip uh, something very funny that you may have to play back. And uh, I, I will give away the joke so you can hear the second joke. And he says, hi, I'm Reed, and I am a social media holic. And the, you can hear way in the background the whole Congress saying, hi, Reed. <laughs> and it took me about four or five times to listen to that. It was very funny. Uh, so just listen in the midst of this seven-minute speech. Um, how many references to social media, social media platforms, electronic communication, and you can see how far we have come uh, in the AAFP when we use uh, using social media. This is the AAFP president-elect, Dr. Reed Blackwelder. And our third candidate to speak, uh, Dr. Reed Blackwelder. Dr. Strang. Dr. Blackwelder. Hello. My name is Reed. I'm a social media-holic. It's, it's been three minutes since I've tweeted, two hours <laughs> since I've Facebooked, and one day since I've LinkedIn. Thank you so much for all the face-to-face -face time recently. Three years ago, 
I told you the story of health care reform as an elephant being built by the six proverbial blind men. The politicians, the partialists, the hospitals, big pharma, insurance, and business. Somehow, that elephant was conceived, delivered, declared dead, resuscitated, but is now on many DNR lists. Some think it's a white elephant with more expense than value. Others think it should be shot. Regardless, it's definitely in the room. Now, I think health care reform can work for our patients, but now the builders are using acronyms as blinders. The politicians debate GDPs and SGRs. The hospitals define ACOs and PCPs, and the partialists refine EHRs and RVUs. Big Pharma, insurance business, focus on their ROIs. All of them are losing their way, tinkering with systems, checking boxes and bottom lines, treating diseases, not patients. Well, we deal with the same acronyms, but we never lose sight that our focus is the patient, period. We treat people, not diseases or systems. And we're more than PCPs. We're America's family physicians. To paraphrase the famous family doc, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not an acronym. <laughs> we are doctors, but those acronyms impact our struggles to care for our patients and keep our practices afloat. We struggle every day trying to keep up with each of those separate numbers. During these difficult times, we need those special patients. No, you all have them. And one of mine was Alice. But I know you don't really need another patient story about difficult times because you have those as well. Multiple medical problems, whole families in rooms, not enough time. You can't get paid for what you have to do. These struggles impact us. It's easy to tire of the tired, to poor mouth the poor, and to wish the huddled masses were shuffled out of our waiting rooms. I see the nods. I see the eyes roll. Now I hear the sighs. I'll admit when I saw Alice's name on my schedule, I would sigh too. But our patients come to us at their most vulnerable and their most fearful. And we took an oath to care for all equally. So we take a deep breath. We find our compassion. And we realize in the rooms with our patients, there is no us versus them. There is no haves and have-nots. Our patients focus us. We have to tell their stories. But I won't tell you, Alice's, because you already know it. Despite the frustrations, the uncertainties, the challenges, being a family physician is truly a blessing. We answer the call to serve. Despite the struggles, we strive to do the right things. Regardless of the systems that are in place, we'll be the ones to help them work for our patients. Graphs and statistics at best just show us trends. It's second nature for us to look at those sterile numbers and to see real people. These moments, those people, are what drive us forward. Now, this is a great country. We don't back down from great challenges. America built a democracy that works, and we can build a health care system that works. We can't let partisan politics paralyze progress. We can't let fear fuel failure. The parties of no have no place here. Now, it won't be easy. It's a challenge. But it's our challenge. As physicians, 
We can't let ourselves get mired in those partisan pits. Yes, we do get angry. Yes, we do argue. We accuse and we draw lines in the sand. But our patients bear the brunt of our infighting and our fears. They suffer the consequences of our decisions and our indecisions. Being patient-centered pulls us out of those pits, brings us together, sharpens our focus, and steals our resolve. To move forward, we have to face our fears, ease our patients' fears, and soothe our legislators' fears. We can't ignore it. Fear trumps reason. Those fears and worries have to be recognized and validated first. Your officer's job is to help everyone move beyond fear. Then and only then can we have a focused, intelligent discussion that leads to a true patient-centered healthcare system. But how we communicate has changed. It's no longer just a two-way street. It's a roundabout with stories coming in from all angles. Discussions can get rude, mean, sarcastic as they go round and round and voices get lost and blocked, deleted and ignored. Passion for communication drives me. I know how to navigate personal and social media. One key is respect. Respect for the argument and respect for the arguer. Another key is connection. I see social media as a map with more shortcuts than roadblocks. I see how it can augment our personal relationships. Alice's Facebook post kept me up to date in between her appointments. It wasn't until after Alice died that her daughter shared with me that her mom's doctor's visits were highlights in her life. So in the end, it's not the Facebook friends, but the face-to-face -face relationships. It's not the tweets, but the hugs. It's not the emoticons, but the hands-on. It's not online, but in person. Even when we forget the power of touch, of smile, of voice, our patients do not. As your voice and face, I'll never forget the power of those personal relationships. They'll guide me to a vision that's shared by this diverse group so we can speak with one voice. Our patients deserve no less. They depend on us now more than ever. But each of you deserves no less. I'm a family physician, not a partialist. I don't pick and choose agendas. I'm here for this body, to treat it as a whole, to mend what needs mending, to move it forward. Tomorrow, you choose your voice. It's when, when, when. But when you choose the face, to go face to face for you. Choose the one that won't be deleted, refuses to be blocked, and can't be ignored. <laughs> My name is Reed, Reed Blackwelder, the face of America's family physicians. Thank you. How about that, kids? Are you, are you fired up yet? On his Facebook page today, <laughs> how weird is it to say that on his Facebook page today? He used to say, Dr. Blackwelder uh, issued a press release. Uh, and it's on his Facebook page, and it goes like this. This was just uh, this was just uh, posted uh, less than an hour ago. It says, "My first day as AAFP president-elect. It is starting to sink in. Busy days ahead. I will try to answer each of you personally, but I may not make it. Thanks so much for all the love and support I have seen, heard, and felt. You have been part of my journey, which has led me here. No." We have more to do, or maybe probably says now we have more to do. But we will have fun along the way, and it's been up less than an hour. There are already over 50 likes 
and about uh, 15 comments, and through the day that is just going to multiply. So that is, you know, that is your president-elect, Dr. Reed Blackwelder, and uh, also our good friend, Dr. Laura Knoble, uh, who's also been on this show before. Um, she made a also a reference in her speech to not only social media, uh, but uh, to the family medicine revolution. And this is a small clip from her speech. We've made significant improve improvements in member communications surrounding the use of social media. The Family Medicine Revolution was launched by some of our enthusiastic, media-savvy members, and it's vital that we continue this momentum and take it even further. Through social media, we can improve the interaction between our board and members so that our members know they have a voice in our discussion and can see that our board members are family physicians just like them. One of our goals must be to make FamilyDoctor.org the trusted site the public looks to for its information. We also need to remain cognizant of the tone of our communications and be consistent in our vision and in our mission. Our members need to feel that they have uh, their voices being heard and that their views are respected. Um, and the, the, the third member um, of that group is Dr. Conrad Flick and um, what I remember of, of him and, and his audio clip was not available as of this podcast because the, what I wanted to play for you was his kind of his concession um, uh, remarks um, and his uh, thanks to the people that uh, worked with him on his campaign. And um, I have never seen Dr. Flick so emotional in thanking uh, the people who have helped him, talking about his love of family medicine, how he um, loves uh, being an advocate uh, for his uh, patients, and um, maybe on some future show I will I will share that small audio clip. Um, um, but uh, but thank you uh, all of you um, to for 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 running for president elect and for coming on the show and, and for all that uh, you have done for the academy and all that you will do for uh, family medicine. Um, the next clip I'm going to, I'm going to uh, play here is from the question and uh, answer session from that president-elect um, uh, candidates forum. And uh, one of the questions, one of the questions, um, and I probably suspect uh, I know who wrote this question because the, one of the delegates um, from the Congress of Delegates uh, submits question. So I think I know who submitted this, but this is a question for the candidates running for AEFP president-elect specifically about social media, another sign that social media has really come to the forefront for the American Academy of Family Physicians. Here is that Q&A session. Question number six. Dr. Blackwelder first for a two-minute answer. You're going to like this one. Um, this past year, our AFP president dedicated his uh, time to increase social presence, uh, social media presence. Do you think these efforts are successful? How would you improve these modalities of messaging to the public? Hmm. I, I do love this question, and I really am proud of, of our officers and uh, for Dr. Stream for um, taking us forward. And I'm proud of our members because all of you challenged us. And it was uh, a year ago, ALF, where the entire board was challenged to be on social media, and we're there. 
Uh, we're learning. Some of us are more adept than others, but we're committing to that. The December board meeting is going to have training in social media we've never had before. So a lot of what I want to do is to keep doing what we're doing, but learning how to use the media. It's still fairly new. I don't think it's going anywhere. But even in this group, some people do tweets, some do Facebook, some do LinkedIn. Who knows? And we've got to find a way to bring that message forward. Plus, a huge part of what we've been talking about is how do we connect people with resources that exist and let people know what we do. So one of the real strengths I see of social media and a real role for your officers and all your board members um, is to make sure that we do a consistent and good job of being a go-to resource for our, our Twitter pages, our Facebook pages, for information about Academy stories, about Academy news, sharing the, the uh, chapter successes. And I think there are ways we can organize that. Our staff has done a tremendous job in helping us move forward, but we're just now taking those early steps. So I'm very passionate about it. I'm learning myself. I think there are a lot of advantages uh, to the, the media. I'm looking forward to learning more about them as I help move all of us forward. I did appreciate Dr. Uh, Gonzalez's comment on the candidates forum where he wants to learn from me, and I'm humbled because I'm not sure I'm really anybody who can teach about this. But I think we are sharing a commitment we've never had as a group before that is adding that to our face-to-face -face we come to the chapters, that's adding that, um, that social media presence to what is already a powerful personal presence. So I look forward to uh, sharing that journey with you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Flick, same question for a one-minute response. This past year, our AFP president dedicated time to increase his presence on social media. Do you think these efforts are successful? How would you improve these modalities of messaging to the public? I, success is hard to measure. I think it, we've certainly come a long way from where we were. Um, I think that this what we know is that social media, as I said, it goes beyond social. It goes for an organization and business and, um, and the future for us. It is what the future members and, and a lot of our younger members look at, and this is the way they interact, and this is what we have to uh, keep on top of, and I think the Academy is trying to do that in a very good way. What we also have to be careful of at the same time is uh, just like we were talking about previously, we cannot leave our older membership behind who don't do it, who, who aren't up on it, uh, and don't see it as something they're going to get involved in. So we have now, again, have a dichotomy in our membership that we've got to stay on t in tune with and on top of so that we can make sure that we move it forward. I think the Academy realizes it. We've had some absolutely stellar new physicians, residents, and students who have pulled us into this era, uh, some kicking and screaming, some a little bit more uh, freely, but it's a way we can do it, and I think it needs to continue, and I think there will be new things that come up in the future we're going to have to learn to do rapidly and quickly because this environment changes fast. Thank you. Dr. Knoble, same question, one-minute response. I, I think we've been very successful in terms of using social media, as evidenced by the fact that I now have a Facebook and a Twitter account. <laughs> I may not be very good at it, but I'm giving a go at it. I think that there are other things that we've done. I think the leadership blogs have been wonderful. Um, it's a way for our members to see our leaders, understand who's sitting on our board, and again, see that we are family doctors doing the same things. 
Um, one of the things that I would like to see that I think would be very helpful, we all did a, um, at separate times we did a video online, and I think if we took the concept of the uh, leadership blog and maybe did a monthly video with our board members and our president-elect and presidents, it's another way for our members to interact and, um, again, on a live basis so that they can pose questions, get answers, and really come to understand that we represent you. Um, and again, I, I want to thank uh, Dr. Flick and Dr. Knoebel and, and Dr. Blackwelder for, for coming on this show and, and, and using this show as a platform to communicate about uh, family medicine um, advocacy and also Dr. Stream, who was also in that clip, who's the moderator for that uh, session. Um, just a suggestion for those uh, on the AEFP staff who are listening to the show. Yes, I know you're out there. Uh, maybe just a suggestion to maybe pull out those video clips um, of those uh, president-elect speeches or or other speeches during the Congress of Delegates and putting them on the AAFP website because I think that's something that the membership, those family docs out there in the trenches, uh, on the grassroots, uh, at the grassroots, uh, uh, people who cannot attend the Philadelphia meeting, um, I think uh, – that would re-energize them to have access to that, even if it's behind a member uh, password wall, you know, to have them listen to our leaders, listen to the speeches, listen to the question and answer sessions. Um, you already recorded it. Might as well just put it on the website, you know, and, and make it available for a month or two and, and, and have, have the membership uh, get to know uh, the board members at their best, which is basically, you know, um, you know, giving those speeches or or at the the question and answer session, I think that would be very valuable for the membership to to have access to to get to know the board members, to get to know what the important issues are across the country, uh, which may not be uh, the same or different than in their locality. Uh, but social media, you know, was not only seen at the president-elect uh, campaign level. It was also seen um, for those running for the AAFP Board of Directors. And uh, I have just a, a segment of a speech here done by uh, Dr. Richard Corson from New Jersey, who was running for the AAFP Board of Directors. And here is his small clip from his speech when he talks about the power of social media. AAFP leadership must consider and implement innovative ways to bring our colleagues into the advocacy and decision-making process. I believe social media and new technologies are important tools for strengthening the bond among members and reaching out to help to lawmakers, policymakers, payers, and purchasers of health care to help them understand the clinical and financial value of family medicine. Face-to-face -face meetings remain an important strategy for engaging with our members and motivating them to work on some of family medicine's most critical issues. And the very first question of the question and answer session for those running for the AEFP Board of Directors had to do with social media. Twitter was going nuts when the first question came out asking about social media. What you'll hear in this clip um, are the three board members who were elected to the uh, three-year positions, uh, Dr. Lloyd Van Winkle, Dr. Cliff Knight, 
and Dr. Carlos Gonzalez um, all were answering uh, this question. Um, and here is question number one from the Candidates Forum uh, this week in Philadelphia. So, Dr. Van Winkle, you will have two minutes for the first question. The AAFP has broadened its use of communication skills to reach out to all members more effectively. How do you currently reach out to your constituents, and how will you make use of social media if elected to the board? Social media has created a revolution, not just in <clears throat> family medicine, but in all of our personal lives. Uh, I would imagine that the vast majority of us have Facebook accounts. Uh, some of us wish we didn't, but, but live with them anyway. Uh, Twitter accounts are, are in our lives every day. Uh, more and more, our patients are probably ahead of us in some cases, uh, striving to try and uh, draw us forward in some cases into the, the world of, of modern uh, communications. The, um, the reality is in our practices we have to find ways to use social media to enhance and expand our ability to care for our patients. In my community, the County Medical Society has established a secured texting system uh, which I regularly communicate with my emergency room physicians with uh, to follow up on my patients. This kind of innovation will allow us to uh, expand our ability to care for our patients and in some ways uh, maybe even allow for some solutions to the workforce issues that we're facing. I believe that social media is here to stay. I think it's probably going to grow. Uh, for those who resist it, I think you're, you're resisting uh, futilely and I would encourage you to embrace it and look for ways where you can use it to communicate more effectively with, uh, with your patients. In my practice, I have uh, one uh, patient uh, who has assisted me in attempting to make political contacts and get my patients involved in the political process, and she and I communicate regularly on medical political issues via regular standard email. Uh, and so I would encourage you all to to find ways to use what we have available today and be looking for opportunities to move into more and effective areas in dealing with social media in a way that's positive for our patients and not considerate uh, hindrance. It might also be nice to uh, find a way to be paid for some of that asynchronous care. Thank you, Dr. Knight. You now have one minute with the same question. You may have the question repeated if you'd like. Please repeat the question. The Academy has broadened its use of communication tools to reach out to all members more effectively. How do you currently reach out to your constituents, and how will you make use of social media if elected to the board? Uh, communication is such a critical issue, uh, and communication really needs to be two-way. Um, but I do uh, utilize Twitter. I've found that I learn a lot. That's, that's what I've enjoyed the most about Twitter is um, the more people I follow, the more perspectives I get about things. And um, there really is a sense at times of community, even though people who may be tweeting messages are um, separated all across the country, but there's a unifying sense at times um, from that ability. So um, I think Twitter has been effective. I anticipate there'll be something new a year from now, two years from now. We've got to be ready to embrace um, whatever that new methodology that comes along. But we also have to remember that, um, that, that our members need different ways of communication. Some of our members still rely on printed things that come through the mail. And so we've got to continue to utilize um, multiple aspects, the, the Internet, direct email, 
um, Twitter, and uh, printed materials. Thank you. Dr. Gonzalez, you have one minute to respond. For those of you that may have uh, read my uh, response to a similar question, uh, um, my reality is that it's very difficult living on the border to use uh, Twitter, um, even uh, cell phone. Uh, so I'm one of those dinosaurs that still has to use a landline when, you, when conversing with people outside of uh, Nogales and, and Patagonia. However, that being my personal reality, I also feel that I, I need to learn and explore and become facile in, in social media. Um, I haven't had to. I still use the old-fashioned way of emails and letters and calling people, but I got to come in to the 21st century. And so I'm going to have to depend on my daughter <laughs> and my residents to uh, bring me up to snuff so that I can communicate more effectively in our uh, more socially advanced uh, techniques of communication. So there you go, kids. I mean, that is the 2012 Congress of Delegates meeting for the American Academy of Family Physicians. You can see that, you know, there, there were other references to uh, technology and to social media. There were a couple of references in the candidate speeches to Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs quotes. Um, and so you can see technology, you can see digital communication, you can see social media really making its presence known um, at this AEFP meeting in Family Medicine Revolution in the family medicine community. And I'm very proud of that. Um, you know, not that I'm taking any credit for that. I mean, it was going to happen anyway. Uh, but it was, it's been nice uh, seeing that, uh, seeing all of that happen. Uh, there were other couple of bits of news that happened at the Congress of Delegates and at the Scientific Assembly, uh, of which that is, has opened. Um, and our good friend here from Youngstown, Ohio, our, our, uh, somebody that, that uh, I have known for a long time, Dr. Thomas Albini, Jr., uh, from Youngstown, Ohio, uh, was awarded yesterday the 2013 AAFP Family Physician of the Year. Uh, and I've known Dr. Albany for a, a long time, and uh, he, he is a great guy, and uh, he runs a free clinic um, in the downtown uh, Youngstown, Ohio area, and uh, he is well-liked. He's a great doc, um, and a very, very well-deserved um, award for Dr. Albany. You can read more about the award at aefp.org, um, and the title of it is the 2013 Family Physician of the Year Works Hard to lift up those around him, posted 10, 17, 12 at 6 p.m. Uh, and close to the end of the uh, Congress of Delegates, after much, much debate, um, this is a story from Family Practice News from yesterday, uh, entitled, Family Physicians Endorse Same-Sex Civil Marriage. The American Academy of Family Physicians Congress of Delegates has approved a new policy to support civil marriage for same-sex couples, making it one of the few medical societies to explicitly endorse gay marriage. The AAP policy now states that the organization supports, quote, civil marriage for same gender couples to contribute to overall health and longevity, improve family stability, and to benefit uh, from GLBT families. The Congress voted 75 to 44 to approve that language, which was crafted from two resolutions brought forward from the resident and student Sections. This was the third year in a row the Congress had weighed 
uh, whether the organization should give its backing to same-sex marriage. And in the past years, debate was lengthy and impassioned. And you can read that full article from Family Practice News from 10-17-12 that was just posted yesterday. Uh, And also uh, the AEFP Prez um, uh, ID on Twitter is now assumed by Dr. Jeff Kane, who uh, is now the AEFP president, and he's also uh, made a posting on uh, the Facebook page as well. So uh, a lot of lot of interesting stuff uh, from the uh, AEFP Congress of Delegates meeting. Uh, so I will uh, take a short break here, and the final segment of this show uh, is very interesting, uh, and it is on the AEFP website. It is called, What is Your Best Moment? As a family physician, what is your best moment as a family physician? They're they're taking testimonials from uh, family docs, uh, and they've also uh, put up some already on the AFP website, which are very inspirational. And uh, I will take a crack at this after the break here because I have no idea what I'm going to say yet. So uh, this will be very interesting on the fly here. On the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, you're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Mike Savilla, and we will be right back with the final segment of today's show. We'll be right back. That's right. Uh, Family Medicine's leading voice in social media in my own mind. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on the final segment of uh, today's show. This is entitled, uh, What is Your Best Moment as a Family Physician? This is on the AAFP.org website. They're asking members to share their uh, best moments. And uh, there's, it's a, kind of a little bit of a contest. Or uh, that uh, The deadline is October 31st, and... Uh, uh, they're going to be picking somebody at random to win an iPad, which is not why I'm going to be doing this, but it is an interesting exercise to think about it. And uh, seeing the uh, videos already produced on the website uh, is very uh, inspirational. So, Mike Savella, what is your best moment as a family physician? I've been thinking about this, uh, well, probably for the last 24 hours when I uh, when I first saw this challenge. And, and what I think about is that I think about back to residency and uh, – that is uh, when uh, some uh, impactful things happen and and when things happen that you will remember for your entire career. And uh, I remember I was was in my uh, third year of residency, my last year of uh, residency, and I saw one of my uh, longtime patients, and, uh, and she came in, um, for just for a, you know, a general follow-up visit, 
and uh, she said, Doc, uh, you know, I, I have something for you. And uh, she she got this coin out, and uh, I thought it was you know from a uh, from a foreign country. I thought she went overseas somewhere. I thought she went visiting somewhere, uh, and wanted to tell me all about um, her trip. But uh, it was not that. It was a coin with a number on it, and the number was eleven. And I said. That's interesting, because I knew exactly what it was. And she said, Doc, she said, 11 months today, I have been sober. And I wanted to give you this coin uh, to thank you. To thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for taking the time to listen and to set up everything that needed to be done so I could get to this point. And I really appreciate it. And I'm going to stay sober this time. And after she said that, you know, there was, you know, silence for what felt like forever, but it was probably about 30 seconds. And I said, you're welcome. I said, I can't even imagine what you have been through, but I am proud of the work that you have done. And... I believe that you are going to stay sober this time. And as, as people know me, people know I, I'm not a hugger at all. <laughs> that is not my way. That is not my thing that I do. But at the end of the appointment, we, we embraced. We had a hug at the end. Um and that was the last time I ever saw her because um, a few months later, I ended my residency um, and I moved out of the area. So I don't know what happened to her after that. But when it comes to my career, when it comes to the things that I remember the most, I remember that. And I reflect upon that every once in a while. And I wonder what happened to that patient. But I know in my heart of hearts that that she uh, is continuing on her good path. I'm thinking that she is empowering other people to take the same path. And the real joy for me, being a family physician, is not only treating the patient, but but knowing that I am empowering people, empowering patients to help other people find their wellness, to find them to be the best person they can be, to be most, the most healthy person that they can be. And that's why I do this. And I know that's not something I can share in 20 words or less on the AEFP website. 
and probably not something that they would record on video because it's kind of bordering on patient confidentiality. But that is my moment. That is one of the moments of my professional career that I will never forget. And it was, it's been a fascinating and interesting exercise to try to go through that and to remember that, um, even though, you know, that I'm in the trenches every day, you know, working at the grassroots of medicine and being very frustrated about it. That ends our show here uh, today. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Mike Savilla, and uh, check out our website at familymedicinerocks.com. Um, and also uh, check me out on Twitter and uh, on Facebook um, and other social media outlets. We will talk to you, all of you very soon. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And uh, have a great day. We'll see you.